Praise the Lord. You are listening to Scripture Unleashed. Praise the Lord. My name is Seth. Welcome to Scripture Unleashed. Today I'm here with my good friends Jacob. Hello. Joe. Hello. And Anthony Lamb. Hi. And we are so glad you're joining us. Scripture Unleashed is a podcast where we go through the bread uh, Bible chart put out by the United Pentecostal Church International Children's Ministries Program. Um, and we go through the Bible in a year. And this week, uh, the scriptures that you'll be reading are Joshua chapters 19 through 24, Judges chapter 1 through 13, and Psalms uh, 44 through 47. Also, we do want to remind you guys, you listeners out there, that if your apostolic pastor teaches something different, let's say we bump up against convictions or uh, what he feels is good for you, please obey your pastor and uh, and obey him. Let's say you don't have an apostolic pastor and we come across something that is scriptural, uh, that is in the Word of God, I pray that you would obey the scriptures today. First of all, we're going to go to Joshua chapter 21. Jacob, start us off here today. Before this time... God commanded Moses to set up cities of refuge for those who inadvertently kill somebody. Um, one example that's given in Scripture is somebody's hacking away at a tree with their axe, and and the axe handle or the axe head flies off and hits somebody, inadvertently kills them. They didn't mean to kill them; it just happened. And that person sorry is about that. sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> and that person is able to then run run to this city of refuge to run away from the avenger of blood. One thing I found interesting in reading in Joshua 21 is to note that all of the cities of refuge are the same cities that the Levites were given out of all the cities of the people. You know, they were dispersed throughout because of what Jacob said to them after they killed all the men in that one town that they defiled their sister. Him and Simeon, or Levi and Simeon, went and killed all the, pe- all the men in that city. So Jacob dispersed them throughout Israel. And so the Levites are scattered throughout Israel. They don't have an, a definite home despite these cities. But every single one of these cities are cities of refuge for anyone that would commit manslaughter in our day and time. What is us as the ministry supposed to be, right? We're, we're supposed to be a place where people can come. You know, I mean, it's not in us of ourselves. You know, it's it's God through us. But... We're we're to to minister to sinners and those people. Yeah, there should be a there should be a safety, right? There's a, as far as being a minister of God, exactly. they should know that it. Hey, I can I can go to Brother Jacob and you know he'll pray for me. He'll he'll give me godly counsel or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's something that we ought to be thinking about. You know, is that we are this refuge. God ultimately is the refuge, even for us. But you know. As his ambassadors, as his his forerunners, if you will, we are a refuge for the for this lost world to come to. Like Second Corinthians chapter five verse nineteen, he hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. As ministers, absolutely, it's our job, you know, to get people back into you know right standing with God, which is ultimately is the the refuge, you know, is the place of refuge is. Being under, uh, being under submission to God. Right. One thing that's interesting too on the the Levites, 
is that they didn't inherit a large chunk of land. Um, something I'd point out a little bit, you know, if you look, uh, you look back in Numbers and then uh, Deuteronomy, the Lord was supposed to be their inheritance. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's kind of like it does show you that um, they got more than earthly possessions. It was a spiritual blessing, spiritual possession that they inherited. And so they got, yes, they got a city, but their their portion was the Lord. And uh, so let's move on here a little further towards the end of Joshua. Uh, Joshua chapter 24. And again, this is the end of the book of Joshua. The, the uh, time of Joshua is coming to a close. And uh, he's got some final things to say. Joe, what does Joshua have to say here at the end of Joshua? Yeah, absolutely. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua gathers the children of Israel together. Of course, this is after the children of Israel, you know, all the tribes that had uh, been given or had been um, issued, I guess, their inheritance, the land where they would go. And Joshua gathered the children of Israel together. And he basically just gave him some final um, instructions. He starts off in Joshua chapter 24, reminding them of all the things God's done for them. He reminds them how he brought them out of the land of Egypt, how God fought for them the whole way, and now how he brought them um, over the Jordan River into the promised land. And then in Joshua 24, verse 14, Joshua said, Now therefore fear the Lord. And serve him with sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that verse, of course, is a famous verse yeah. in our Christian world, the, the, especially the, you know, the last uh, quarter of that verse. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. People put it on plaques and hang it on the wall. In fact, I have one hanging on my wall right behind me right now. Mm-hmm. But Joshua gives them a final command to fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. You know, and make up your mind today. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You make up your mind what you're going to do. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. You know, they said, it's God that did all these great signs in our sight and preserved us all the way wherewith we went. So that was their answer to Joshua. Joshua said, I'm going to serve the Lord. The children of Israel said, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua, in verse 19, said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is, he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And we And so we see that. That they did. In verse 24, the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. Then verse 28, So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. Verse 29, Joshua died. Verse 30, they buried him. Verse 31, the Bible says, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, 
which had known the, all the works of the Lord and that he had done for Israel. And that story, you know, again, like Seth said, just brings us to the end of Joshua's life. It brings us to the end of the journey that the children of Israel had been on. But I thought it was interesting, you know, as some Joshua knew his time was at hand. But verse 14, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. One thing I'd like to point out in that verse is, it says, in sincerity and in truth. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of religions today that, you know, how it says here that people said, we, we're not going to forsake the Lord and serve other gods, little g gods, mm-hmm. which would be idolatry. Yeah. You know, praying to other gods that really aren't gods, but they make them out to be gods. There are many religions today, some even have pagan practices, like praying to statues and things like that which is paganism and idolatry. But some of these people may be very good people and even sincere. And I know people like that that are very sincere in their religion. But sincerity is not a substitute for truth. It's not, and and it takes both of those. It's not just sincerity or truth, but it's both of those. Because sincerity means to have an honest perception or like no ulterior motives maybe or, like that's your you are sincere with what you believe and you're doing it from the heart and god wants us to serve him from the heart but in truth in sincerity and in truth and so again you know not one without the other but both just, of those i just had a thought do you think that right. that could be what jesus it when he says and the father seeketh such to worship him you know in spirit and in truth that that sincerity well, could certainly be equating to uh, spirit in that case, yeah, like a fullness yeah. of heart, yeah, yeah absolutely, right. like a yeah. I never, I just, I just clicked now that these two were like connected. I'm just like, wait, what? He quotes all, yeah, he, yeah I thought of that. I thought of that verse yeah. too. Huh. Yeah. The uh, the thing is, you know, Joe, you're absolutely right. Nailed it. You know, there's a lot of people that are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. You know, mm-hmm. right. heard that before, and that's that's so sad because you know I was in a discussion one time with somebody, and they said. Well, what about all these good people serving God, you know, and they got, you know, they got like half the truth, you know, and I'm like, well, that's, that's good. But a half truth mm-hmm. is a lie. Right. You know, and it's, and that's, that's exactly what Satan wants is to give people just enough to where they feel like they're <laughs> yeah. good. Right. But we also have to be in truth. One thing I kind of wanted to point out is that one, one place that I feel like Joshua really messed up in his end, is that he did not disciple someone to take his place. Moses True. discipled Joshua, and then when Moses died, Joshua took over. But Joshua didn't, and because yeah, of that, then, we have this next book that we're going to read. You know, right. we had this time right. of back and yeah, forth. Judges yeah, two. Judges 2 says in verse 11, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. After there came up a generation yeah. that didn't know the Lord. Right. They took the Lord. They served Baal and Ash- mm-hmm. Ashtaroth. Which I guess right. I guess it's really not yeah. just Joshua then at that point. It's also every parent that was in Israel at that time didn't teach their children the way of God. You know? Right. Because there was, you know, verse 31, there was elders. Mm-hmm there to you know and the children of israel served the lord all the days of joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived yeah. joshua yeah. one of the things i'd like to point out if we mm-hmm. can real quick in joshua chapter 24 
you know, it says uh, Joshua's in uh, in Joshua 24, verse 23, kind of the same thing. Like, you know, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth. That's verse 14, kind of towards the end of his, his talk here. He says, now therefore, in verse 23, now therefore put away, said he, the strange God which are among you, mm -hmm. and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Or basically turn your hearts towards God. Somebody didn't turn their hearts yeah. towards God. You know, it says they yeah. served him. You know, but you have to have your heart in this thing, or you're not. You're not yeah. going to make it, right? You know, you know, you really do. You got to just put your heart all in, and you got to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, right. mind, and strength. And so they were just, you know, you don't know. Obviously, we can't read their hearts, and the Bible doesn't, you know, just nail down what their hearts all all their hearts were saying or thinking. But their uh, their heart wasn't in it here. And you can see in Judges, it just falls yeah. apart. But let's move on. In in Psalm chapter 44. Well, I found it interesting in this week's uh, read reading of Psalms that all of our Psalms this week are written by the sons of Korah. Of course, we remember Korah from, well, you know, chiding with uh, Moses mm -hmm. and being rebellious. Right. Uh, probably not the best yeah. testimony. <laughs> not not the best imprint left in your mind. There's a couple theories that either the sons of Korah were too young that they God didn't mm -hmm. punish them, of course, or they were old enough that they made their own decisions. They didn't turn away from the Lord, turn away from the leadership. But here in Psalms we have some interesting, powerful Psalms that talk about various different mm -hmm. things, but just just to kind of go into the background of the sons of Korah, they were Koathites, Korhites, I guess, but they were a part of basically musicians. Mm -hmm. They were they were used in the gifts of music. They were they ministered in that faucet. So I just found that very interesting. Um, Psalms forty six, from what I've understood from a little bit of background research, I did inspired Martin Luther's. A mighty fortress is our God. I found that kind of interesting, but uh, mm. it, it's it's fun to delve into the Word and, and to see. Uh, just if you want to be inspired, check yeah. out Psalms and just study there. And there's just a, maybe some few favorite highlights that I have from Psalms. Psalms 44 and 5. Through Thee will we push down our enemies. I was just studying that out. That kind of meant to. Yeah, well, it was kind of gory, yeah. <laughs> but through, through thy name we will tread them under that rise up against us. There, there's so much power, and then you know we go through his name. That's his authority. It's for his honor. What a mighty yeah. God we serve. Um, there, there's a, there's a so much. There's so much, and, and we're not going to take the time this week to delve into everything or every verse mm -hmm. by any means. Don't underestimate where things are found because i found that interesting that these are not rebellious sons of korah they're they're mm -hmm. sons that serve god as for me and my house yeah you know, let's serve the lord right it's good one thing i would point out too in psalm 44 you know if you start in verse one we have heard with our ears of god our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days in the times of old how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and planted them how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land of possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. You know, this is this is a direct 
reference kind of to what we we went through in Joshua this week a little bit mm-hmm. and last week, you know, and it was the, it's just, it's, it's astounding. It's the power yeah. of God. Yeah. You know, you see that over yeah. and over in these not Psalms. By might. It's, it's not by, not by might, not yeah. by power, but yeah. by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's right. And that is how we overcome. But yeah, it's, uh, it, that's exactly right. It's, it's by yeah. the power of God. Anybody else there on Psalms before we well, get I to just, the break here? I just see that this Psalm, Psalm 44 that we were just pointing out, like you just said, was correlation between what we see in Joshua, but also what we end up seeing in Judges. This psalm is like, I don't know, the tie between these two books. And it'll be kind of interesting as you read through it, listeners, what hopefully you'll see the connection there. All right. And with that, let's go to a break. All right. Welcome back, listeners. So glad you're with us through the break. We're going to start off. We're going into the book of Judges this week. Joe, start us off there. Give us a little overview of what's going on in Judges. Sure. Of course, Judges obviously gets its name from from the Judges that rolled over Israel after the death of Joshua. The Jewish Talmud, uh, which is the written version of the oral law, uh, the Jewish oral law, accredits Samuel as the author of the book, uh, which Samuel is the uh, last judge. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says that, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So God is obviously the author of it. But Judges, Judges is a very interesting, it's a tragic cycle, you could say, in the history of, is, of mm-hmm. the children of Israel, where it shows uh, the end of Joshua, shows the children of Israel being right with God. And, of course, Joshua died. We, we read a little earlier before the break that the children of Israel served Joshua, or served God all the days of Joshua. But after Joshua died, it didn't take very long for the children of Israel to um, backslide after Joshua died Mm -hmm. and all the elders that were there. Uh, Joshua died in Judges chapter 2, verse number 8. Judges 2, verse 10 says that also that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did sight, did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them. And they bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers, that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. And I read all that just because that basically is, if you look at Judges chapter 2, verses 16 through 20, and I won't read all of it, but Judges, it, with what I just read uh, from 10 to 14 and then 16 through 20, uh, that is basically an overview of mm. Judges for the most part. Because verse 16 says, Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hands of those that spoiled them. And so, Judges is a, is, a, is a vicious cycle of the children of Israel backsliding or being right with God. Um, things are going good. They backslide. And they start serving um, the gods of the, the people of the mm-hmm. nations around them, which always results in them being God giving them over to the nations around them. And then be, uh, be uh, becoming 
they're in, in, yeah enslaved to these people. They're in bondage to these people. And then the children of Israel would cry out to God, and he would hear them. He would raise up the deliverer to turn them back to him. And throughout the book of Judges, we see this multiple times. You know, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's like 16 times or something like that, the book of Judges. Maybe I might be wrong on that, but I think that's what it is. But um, somebody can count and let us know. But, but, but Judges shows that. And Judges shows us that without a leader, it doesn't take long for, for people to fall back into sin without a clear leader. We talked about it a little bit earlier. didn't seem like Joshua had – there was not a leader that – that really rose up in Joshua's yeah. place. You know, there was Moses and there was Joshua. But mm-hmm. after that, there really wasn't anybody to really lead the um, charge. Yeah. You know, steer the charge. Yeah. yeah, take charge. Take charge. Yeah, ba- it basically went from victory and victory with Joshua. And then all of a sudden, he passes away. And basically, yeah. they're just in survival mode. Right. Uh, they're, they're just trying not to. To yeah. die out to their enemies at that point. You know, a couple times in the book of Judges, every man that did that which was right in his own eyes, several times that phrase yeah. is found in the book of Judges, um, which is never a good thing. Every no. man doing that which is right in their own eyes. Then lastly, shows us God's mercy for his people. You know, all the times that, that the children of Israel provoked God to anger, when they would cry out to God, he would raise up a deliverer. Yeah. What this deliverer would do is or he she. would turn them back to God. Yeah, or she. Mm. <laughs> Which we'll talk about that. But again, that we talked about some things that are out of ordinary, it seems like, yeah. in Scripture. And that's one of them. <laughs> and, you know, they would turn the children of Israel back to God. And then they would get back to victory. And then they would, again, go back, you know, once that ruler died or that judge was gone. Then they would again turn back to serving other gods, or you know, I'd fall back into idolatry, and it was a vicious cycle. But Judges shows us God's mercy mm-hmm. for His people. Um, you know, God would way rather pardon someone because they get right with Him than to yeah. condemn someone. Yes, um, yeah. The Bible says that that He will abundantly pardon. You know, let yeah. the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man His thoughts let him return unto the lord he will have mercy upon him um he will abundantly pardon and uh, yes. and god's still like that today he will yeah. abundantly pardon um, we yes. just got to turn back to him that is so good it's so sad too if you, as you read through the uh, the book of judges um that cycle of of sin or that falling away from god is is so sad it's it's not like god ever departs from you it's not like that in scripture. You see where the people yeah. will depart yeah. from God, and right. you know God can't yeah. cannot bless them. You know, I I'm so astounded. There's there is a doctrine in our world that teaches that once you're saved, you're always saved, and you're always right with God. And it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know how God could leave you. No, it's no, it's not. God's leaving you. It's that yeah. you're walking yeah. away from exactly. Him. You know, He's a friend yeah. that sticks closer than a brother, and we separate ourselves from Him through sin. Just add one more thing, Joe, if I could, to, to kind of that little overview, Judges, Judges chapter 2, verse 10. We talked about it a little bit before, and also, it says, and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. It's so important that we establish in the next generation yes. uh, who God is, 
and what he's done for us. It's the same concept. Like you'll see that theme over and over again throughout the scriptures as well. Exodus, uh, there arose a king in Egypt, a Pharaoh mm -hmm. who didn't know Joseph. And so therefore there becomes bitterness and there's hardness. Or, or you know, this, this, the sad part about Judges and Joshua combined is that they didn't rid the land of yeah. all their enemies. And that's one of the things you'll see. And it just, it comes back to haunt them. God said it would. They didn't completely obey God. And it comes back to haunt them. And so they right. have to cry out to God every so often. They're like, God, here we are being oppressed. I know we've yeah. turned from you, but <laughs> here we are being oppressed. <laughs> like, all right, I'll help you out. And so with that, we're, let's get into some of those judges. Um, a couple of the ones we want to point out again, Joe mentioned it just a little bit was, you know, it seems like every one of the judges was kind of just goes against the grain of what you would think a leader mm -hmm. would be. You look at the first, uh, the first ones, you know, Ehud, uh, Ehud, however you want to say that was left-handed. That's like 10% of the world's population. The last time I checked was like left-handed. It was yeah. not the norm. And then, Deborah uh, was a, a woman, which is, again, not the norm. You have one woman judge in the whole book of Judges. Um, then you also have Gideon. He's kind of a, a coward, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, but let's talk about one of those. Let's start off with uh, Anthony. Go ahead. What, what about Deborah and J.L. there? Yeah, I find it interesting, and you kind of hit on it, that oftentimes God uses the minority or the or what we perceive as weakness, and he turns that around as a strength. And also, I believe he used that in the book of Judges mm -hmm. uh, to give himself glory, to, to be glorified in the midst of weakness. Um, we, we talked on it before, like when, when the Apostle Paul had the yeah. thorn in the flesh. It was for his glory. Mm -hmm. um, so th there, there's power in humility. There's power in realizing I mean, honestly, other people could have done great things if only they seen yeah. how weak they were. Mm -hmm. And I believe, I believe sometimes in Scripture it takes uh, a humble spirit before God can even mm -hmm. uh, use someone for greatness. Um, but going going into Deborah, Deborah was obviously an interesting woman in the Scriptures. She had a husband named Lapidoth, or. I don't know how to pronounce that. No Jacob idea. could probably help me out there. Um, <laughs> Lapidoth. Lapidoth, yes, Lapidoth, uh, which, which meant torches. Um, some would say that Deborah was married to a fiery spirit, and certainly she showed that with her bravery and uh, being a prophetess of the Lord. Um, she, she prophesied, if you go to Judges chapter 4, that... She would prophesy after she had Barack, not Barack Obama, <laughs> but Barack, <laughs> Barack, an Israelite leader, <clears throat> to go with her in the battle. And he said in verse 8, Barack said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I'll go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. So obviously he, he counted on the leadership of Deborah. And she said in verse 9, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. Don't get it twisted, Barak. It's not for your honor. But the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak. Mm -hmm. 
to Gadesh. Uh, I found that interesting that she prophesied that the Lord would sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And, of course, we, we know the story. Um, but Sisera was killed by Yael. Yael. Is that right, Jacob? Yeah. Yael. Yael. Yael, which was a woman. And Sisera believed he was in a safe place. He believed that he was going to be all right. And she had given him milk, and there's a song about it. But... Mm-hmm. that you'll also read in your bread reading. But she basically uh, dozed him off to sleep, gave him milk, made it relaxing for him, relaxed him. He was unconscious and then, of course, drove yeah. a nail into his skull, like, his temple. So, <laughs> of all things so. to do. <laughs> <laughs> so things didn't end out end that well for Sisera. But I just found it interesting that God uses the weak things, certainly... Yael was not a strong, powerful commander in battle, but she she was a, a woman who who killed Sisera by mm-hmm. giving him milk. So yeah. it, that, I found that very interesting. This is kind of on a kind of on a goofier note, but Deborah had a tree named after her. Yeah, in verse in verse huh. five, and wow, she dwelt under at? the palm tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel. Yeah. Oh she yeah, a palm tree yep. after her. Like yep, why? I do, do remember reading that? That is interesting. Um, and then one, uh, I guess one other thing is, you know, it mentions there in verse eight that Barak says unto her, you know, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, then I will not go. I know I had a discussion with somebody about this uh, last week, I believe, or the week before. It's all these days are getting mixed up, but they were saying that it was because of his cowardice. Because he wasn't a man that would stand up, right? She says to him, Hath not the Lord of God commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor. So it could be thought that that God spoke to him, telling him what to do, but he didn't respond out of fear. And that he spoke through Mm -hmm. her to him instead. And then he tells her, he says, Well, if you'll go with me, then I'll Mm -hmm. go. Because his thought is... If she will go and hazard her life, if she will go and, and put herself in danger, then clearly we're going to win. And so it's it's kind of a, a, a sign of cowardice is the way that this other person was putting it. And I, I kind of agree. These men, why was it that God rose up a woman? And I'm not saying this you know in a bad way, but why, why was it that God rose up a woman to be the prophetess of the people? Why was it that he rose up a woman to be the leader of the judge of Israel, mm. it's more than likely because the men would not stand up and do the job. Yeah, right. that's very possible. Yeah. Because, I mean, the truth of the matter is, we know, you know, it just goes without saying mm-hmm. that this is yeah. out of the norm. Yeah, one of the things, too, it seems like every judge, almost every judge, was the one fighting the battles. And here Deborah is is uh, the judge, uh, but sure. she's not the one fighting the battles. She's the one yeah. telling who to fight the battles. And so, yeah, again, it was out of the norm for her to have to go into battle because, that, yeah. again, that was a man's duty. And uh, and it was a man's duty. It's also, and, and this is, I think it was uh, Mark Brown referencing, oh, if you guys want to cut it out of the podcast, go ahead. I don't care. But Mark Brown referenced it. I think it was NAYC uh, 2020. And he criticized, I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe he offered some. Constructive um, criticism. Punishment. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
there we go, some constructive criticism mm -hmm. to the young men of our generation uh, amongst the United Pentecostal Church. And he said, uh, where are the men? He said, if you go yeah. on a, a, a missions trip, like one of our you know, North American missions trip or our overseas missions yeah. trip, they're like 75% women. Or if you get involved yeah. with whatever, he said, it's mostly young ladies yes. and women who are involved. Where are the men? And so in our day, there is, uh, you know, men are supposed to be the courageous ones. That's our nature. God's given us that kind of nature to be strong and valiant. And, you know, we want to conquer. And, and where are the men in our generation? And again, in this generation, where were the men? Like, all right, we're going to fight. We know God can do it. Where are the men? And, and so it does seem like in fitting with all, almost all the judges, God goes outside of the box, uses a woman, and uh, and then look at that. She has to almost help mm -hmm. and hold the man's hand yeah. uh, to do yeah. his duty and to do his job. Right. And so it's like uh, you know, well, let, yes. let's get let's get Amen. let's act like men in our day. We need young men to act like so men to step up into the ministry, to step up into leadership, and no, on that's and on. Good. Absolutely. I'll be done. Brother. Anybody else there in Judges chapter four and five? I think it sets us up for the man Gideon, the kind of the cowardice, the lack of courage that, that he possessed. That's very good. That's, that's exactly right. With Gideon and Judges 6, you know, it's uh, the Midianites oppress, uh, they oppress Israel. And, uh, and, and you find Gideon in uh, Judges 6, and kind of starting in verse 11, Gideon, he's threshing wheat by the wine press. Yeah. Why? To hide it from the Midianites. And, uh, you know, they would come and steal their food, and, and they, the Israelites would grow it, and they would come take it, mm -hmm. and they would grow it, and they'd come take it. It's kind of what it seems like. And, and the angel of the Lord appear, appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. We're talking to a guy who's hiding behind yeah. Yeah. Uh, the wine press. You know, like, you know, it's like, hey, you're, maybe, maybe that was prophetic of God, you know, like speaking things into existence. But uh, maybe it was to encourage Gideon. We don't know. Because it seems like Gideon is still not real confident. And uh, you know, he accomplishes what the Lord wants. Again, it's not by his power at all. Not by his might. But it's by uh, the, the power of God. God working through Gideon. You know, you see Gideon in Judges 6. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, you know he, he is used of God. You know, he destroys... Let's see what verse is that. That would be verse 25. And it came to pass the same night the Lord said to him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second mm -hmm. bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal mm -hmm. that thy father hath, and cut down the grove yep. that is by it. These were places of idolatrous worship. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the order, ordered place. You know, and, uh, and Gideon, verse 27 took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household. And the men of that city, he could not do it by day, but he did it by night. So he accomplishes it, but again, in fear. And then also, before he goes out to, to kind of the big battle, Gideon fleeces the Lord. Like, you know, God, if this is really, I mean, this right. is really your will, you know, let 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 the dew be only on the fleece, not on the ground. Right. You know, again, he he flips it around. You know, God, if this is really your will, let the dew be on the ground and not on the fleece. And it's like back to back. God just answers, and he's like, 
okay, so maybe this is maybe this is uh, God's will here for us, and you know, like he just he just is he just that that uh, fear is is in him, and uh, and then again they they eliminate some of the army here. You know, and it's like, oh goodness! You know, I'm sure, I'm sure Gideon yeah, goes from what was nervous. You know, I'm sure 10, he's 000. very nervous, and um, he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, from twenty two, yeah, twenty two thousand down to yeah. all to the way, yeah, yeah, just a couple yeah. of tests there, three hundred, three hundred, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all the way down to three hundred. Yeah. You know, and it's like, my goodness! You know, I'm sure Gideon was like a little nervous when they finally surrounded the Midianites, you know, and they, they begin to blow their trumpets and break their pitchers, you know, and it's, it's just, uh, you know. But anyways, God gives him a great victory, and it's not because Gideon was such a great man. Right. Kind of talking, going back to what we just talked about, not because he was such a great man, but yes, yeah. he, he did depend on the Lord. Even if it wasn't fear, he did finally depend yeah, on the yes. Lord, and it was the Lord who gave him the victory. Yeah. So lesson learned, depend on the Lord. You know, put your trust in him, really, yes. in God. You know, you yes. know. Uh, yes, he will. He'll back up his word every time. Right. Yeah. And uh, you you really don't have anything to be afraid of. Right. That's good. I mean, you look at what Gideon's response was to God. Um, you know, God said, or the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon's perception of himself was certainly not that. Um you know, and, and honestly, yeah. my perception right. of Gideon is not that either. We don't have to be afraid of, you know, in our case, preaching the word of God and and going and doing what God has called us to do. You know, it, it's um, it's not about us. We don't. We certainly don't have to be afraid. All we got to do is make sure we're right with God and that we're preaching God's word and God will absolutely back up his word. I mean, um, it, you know, God's word is powerful. Say one thing I'd like to to point out there in verses 11 through 14 specifically says, and there came an angel of the Lord. And then in verse 12, it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. It says, and the Lord. And then verse 14. So it could be that that angel of the Lord was, was (laughs) God as a theophany as as God in an angelic form. But the thing that I really want to point out here is verse 14 he says, go in this thy might. So God is looking at him. He's like looking him square in the face. He says, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Gideon had power to mm-hmm. overcome mm-hmm. the Midianites simply because God told him to go. That was it. You know, we, right. we were talking here in verse four, in, uh, right. sorry, Psalm 44, verse 3, how it you know, talks about not by their might. You know, Says that okay, he yeah, answered um, and spake unto yeah, me, four, saying, six. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. What you know, Joan, I believe Anthony, you guys were sitting there saying that, you know, it's not in us if we get out of the way and allow God to do his work. We have all the power that we need. You know, he says, Go, preach the gospel to every creature. Yes. Lay hands on the sick. This is part of that command. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You know, we can cast out devils. Why? Because he said that's. It's as simple as that. And it's something right. that we we forget sometimes. And we sit there and say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not righteous enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not strong enough to cast out this devil." It's not by your mind. Right. It's by God, because He said, "Go." It's not by your might. Right. Yeah, I had a. Gets good. I was just saying I had a 
pastor that would always come up to me yeah. and say, <laughs> the almighty man of ma- valor. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just looking at him like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There, there's like no way. But, but it, yeah, it's so, yes. it's so powerful when we learn to just get out of the way. Just, just thinking about us. Stop overthinking it. Trust in God. Just go the way of the Lord. Can't go wrong when you do what's right. Just do the best you can. Amen. Trust in the Lord. There will be great victory. Amen. There will. It doesn't get any better than that. And again, it's not by your power and your might. And again, let's go back real quick. Psalm 44, 3 through 7, perfectly ties this in. A great way to finish off this week. Psalm 44, 3 through 7, it says, For they got not their, the land of possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand talking of God in thine arm and the light of thy countenance because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God, command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee we will push down our enemies, Anthony. Through thy name we will yeah. tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved yeah. us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. It is, it is all by the power of God that we overcome whether that be spiritually or whether that be physically in Gideon's case, um, anybody else. I, just before that break in the sea lot says in God, we sure. boast all the day long and praise his and praise thy name forever. Yes. All right. With that guys, thank you guys for being here this week. And, uh, so good to have you listener listening to us, uh, this week as well. You know, did we, did we not, cover something that stuck out to you let us know you can reach out to us you can send us a voice message on anchor.fm you can also send those uh mm-hmm. things that maybe we didn't cover on our we have a facebook page you know let's post on there send us some messages let us know uh any words of encouragement or advice that you would like from us uh, feel free let us know we we appreciate it we'd also like to mm-hmm. just hear where you're listening from and who you are it's uh we like to know who you, who's listening and and what you like in the podcast what you don't like that type thing uh reach out through uh to us through voice messages in the comments or through our scripture unleashed facebook page and uh, we hope you enjoy this week's episode we really do and we look forward to having you with us next week we'll be going through judges uh, 14 through 21, also Ruth chapter 1 through 4, Galatians 1 through 6, Psalm 48 through 50. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like a lot, but it's just spread out. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of topics yeah. next week, a lot of great topics that we're going to be dealing with there. And until then, hope God blesses you, keeps you safe. Stay healthy out there. Have a great day. God bless you. God bless. God bless. Thank you for listening. This has been Scripture Unleashed.